0: Hi there. Thank you for downloading, listening to, and watching the Lean Into Artcast, the show where a couple of visual, visual storytellers get together to take on various topics that tend to cross one's path when you go into the forest adventures of communicating with images. We think hard about this stuff, so you will too. My name is Jersey Drozd. I am a cartoonist and teaching artist, and the other
1: host is? Oh, hey. I'm Rob Stenzinger. I do user experience design and research. I, I do some coaching and creating interactive experiences as well. And Jersey, we have a special guest today. Back for his seventh appearance on the show, Ryan Estrada. Welcome back, Ryan. Thank you very much.
0: Ryan Estrada so, of and they pull up his website. There's things to
1: say about Ryan. <laughs>
0: yeah, there's a ton to say about Ryan. Let's let's go through the Ryan Estrada of Ryan Estrada.com, Uh the recently renovated and updated Ryan Estrada.com, Um, artist, author, and adventurer and co-author of the celebrated book, *Band Book Club. Congratulations on that, Ryan.
2: Thank you very much. Yeah, it's, uh, it's been going very well. Who knew that this whole time all I had to do is ride my wife's coattails <laughs> uh, to success. Um, it's a book about my wife's uh, experiences growing up, and uh, somehow uh, that has gotten more success than anything I've ever done put together
0: kirkus starred review that's Mm -hmm. that's that's bananas that is so that's congratulations that's really awesome um and published by iron circus comics too Mm -hmm. um it's really it's really great to see iron circus you know uh gaining more sort of attention and acclaim Mm -hmm. for the books that it's that that spike's been publishing it's really great Mm
2: -hmm. yeah spike uh it's been doing extremely well. I think we didn't get a Kirkus. We got a Kirkus very good review, but we got starred reviews from Booklist, Publishers Weekly, and School, school Library, Library Journal.
0: I'm looking at it right on the screen right now, and I, yeah. I should have been able to be more clear about that. Yeah. But yeah, you got a review on Kirkus, which is pretty great. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, banned book club. What if reading the wrong books could get you thrown in prison? Young Sook learned the hard way when her new after school activity turned out to be a front for fascism fighting teens a YA graphic memoir from Iron Circus Comics in bookstores, wherever you buy books or at your local library. And there's a handy link to buy the book right on riotstrata.com. There you go. Um, but man, you have been... I mean, it's been a while since we had you on, but you've been uh, a pretty busy dude. Like, Did did you do some, some Star Trek work recently?
2: Uh, yeah, I'm working on more Star Trek now. I'm working on the third uh, ish installment of uh, the comic I do for them. Um, that's been really fun i don't actually watch star trek which is weird (laughs) i don't know anything about star trek but i'm on my third one now don't tell my editor (laughs) (laughs) oh uh yeah and I, i got to do some popeye recently and some garfield recently and uh it's just been a very very busy fun year
0: that's right you did garfield stuff too which which i thought was fantastic when i found out because like one of the first things you and i ever did together when we hung out was uh we were at a drink and draw and you started passing around pieces of paper saying everybody draw your worst garfield that was like the first thing we did together was drawing bad garfields
2: bad garfield party and i actually uh in the garfield comics actually drew garfield differently in every strip that i did and they were all taken from I went back to my drawings from that bad Garfield party and did the same models from that exact event. Wow.
0: That's so great. So, um, yeah, we, we wanted to have you back, uh, just, you know, because, you know, we, we love talking with you about art and storytelling and managing a creative life. And as we were thinking about having you back, it it occurred to me, at least it was like, you know what, there's a common thread that the three of us have never discussed together is that all three of us, uh, have, Created stuff with our partners, with our mm-hmm. spouses, um, the the you know the closest person to us in our lives, and something that happened when uh, Science Comics Rockets came out. What was it? Uh, spring of twenty eighteen. Is whenever people talk to us about it, like, oh, you worked on it together, how did that go? And there's always this like this this tone of dread, like, <laughs> certainly you must have murdered each other and resurrected each other seven times in the course of making this thing together. Because how else can a married couple create anything together? And I was like, Well, it's kind of just like being married, right? Isn't it? But uh that said, there is like some I'm sure we all have our own stories of like navigating this kind of complexity that comes out of creating something with the person that you are closest to so um if you guys are game i'd like to hit the music so we can dive into this episode and start talking about this what do you say
2: let's do it yeah great premise
0: love it (laughs) well then Let's (laughs)
1: let's
0: get supercharged uh so there's the music signifying that we are now in the episode so um yeah what is it what does it look like when you're making stuff with your partner so we started this episode by introducing ryan by saying like co-author of banned book club i'm wondering ryan if and i'm sure you've had had this conversation in a lot of interviews but um what did it look like when you and hyungsook were working together on this book
2: well it was a, a very different experience to working on anything else because it was like Kensuk is the only person i could work on this because like i said it's a, that's her on the yeah. cover yeah uh it's about it's about her life experiences and um I mean it we I mean we didn't have any like uh drama or anything like it was great working together uh she um uh, what what was interesting in our case was that Hyunsuk is not someone that ever considered making a comic like comics is this nerdy thing that I do that she's very supportive of of very supportive of and appreciates but has never had any interest at all in making a comic or writing anything and so it's it's this weird thing where like it's, it's hilarious for me now is like this being her first book and it going so well, she just thinks this is how it works. when you make comics, <laughs> like just like, you know, she's, she's, uh, she's getting invited out as a VIP guest to the American library association. She's getting starred. She's never heard of a starred review. She's like, she's getting three of them. She's like, oh, okay, I got another one. I don't know what that is. Uh, she's like, <laughs> just, it must must just be that easy. And I'm like this is going very well. I have to sit her down and explain like this is very good. And so she's just like, "All right." And I'm like, "There's a possibility you should be you could be a New York Times best-selling author." She's like, "All right. I don't know what that is." And I'm like, all
0: right. that's great. Fun." She's like, "Well, no wonder you like this. This is actually pretty fun. This is good." I'm like, "Yeah, well, never mind all the all the effort that goes into everything else I've ever done, but
2: Yeah, yeah, sure. Like more, sure. More people have read the review about your book than have read anything I've ever written put together. But
1: (laughs) that's great. So, how is that? I mean, how interesting. The so even establishing that that context. I mean, it's. I mean, what a great situation to have something that had such great pent up demand, right? And to then just meet that market, right? That's Mm -hmm. that's. I think that's pretty savvy and, and, and maybe, you know, some good fortune in there too, but like um, what, um, I mean, there, there need, I, I'm just curious, like how that, um, I mean, it's, it, it it's fun to have that kind of surprising success or whatnot too, but in some ways it's, it, it's sort of, uh, I mean, you, might, you had to have sort of had that really belief in that, that work already that, I don't know, maybe, it's it's an interesting thing to say that um, well yeah you you, know, you have your project and it meets the world and it, and it hits because of all sorts of things but I guess how how are you exploring that right because it's neat to get the recognition and it's 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 awesome and, and hopefully it just keeps on pouring in but like um, uh, I don't I guess I just want I don't want to leave it there I love the I love the yeah. excitement and the laugh of it too but like there's got to be more to the exploring the context of of um, just hitting the market at a good time with a great product, right? Like, yeah, what, I mean, what other ways are you are you looking at that?
2: Yeah, I mean, it I, it. I guess just right now, a book about fighting fascism that's creeping up in a government, and people don't realize that fascism is coming, and like that's kind of a thing that's on people's minds right now and especially, like, we've gotten a lot of support from libraries. That's the thing that's on their mind, and so I think it, it, it's not a surprise it's hitting big, but, like, when we started, like I said, Hyunsuk uh, had no idea any of this story was interesting at all. Like, I didn't know about the story until we'd already been married, like, six, seven years, and we'd known each other for, like, over a decade. Uh, like, the the way it came out, like, it wasn't even, like, this, like, big confession. We were just taking a walk together on a mountain and she just like casually, she had met some friends and she just casually mentioned, Oh yeah. Back when we were in the band book club. And I'm like, wait, what? And she's like, Oh, I never told you about that. I'm like, no, what's a band book club. She's like, Oh yeah. I got interrogated by the KCIA and everything. It was a whole thing. And I'm like, what? (laughs) And, uh, but the, I mean, even I, like it was just this amazing thing I learned about my wife, but I didn't think there was enough to like, I was, I told people and they were like oh you should do a radio story or a little comic about it and I wasn't sure there was enough there because I I got I got so little information but it was Spike our publisher that really like uh saw it because I all I did is I posted like a tweet thread like three tweets and Spike uh from Iron Circus saw that tweet and then like a month later subtweeted me about it and she was doing a list of like her dream projects, things I'd like to publish. And one of them said, uh, my time in a band book club in Korea, if this is about you, if you think this is about you, it is email me. So I'm like, <laughs> are you subtweeting my wife? And she's like, yes. Do you want to make a book about it? And so that's how it all started. And uh, like I said, I didn't think I still was like, we'll, we'll give it a shot. And then like over the next year, all the other stories would come out, all the other things she didn't think were worth mentioning. <laughs> but I'm like, what you did what? And then like, even, even like we were, we were a year in and I've been writing the script. We've been doing interviews. She had been traveling around, interviewing other people, like reuniting with band book club members. And uh, like every single person we interviewed had been like, all right, I don't know if anybody's going to read this, but I'll tell you whatever you want to know. And so, but I was kind of struggling because when you're writing nonfiction, uh, you know, you don't have all the pieces. Like I, people don't remember everything, and everything doesn't really necessarily come together in a perfect beginning, middle, and an end. And um, so I'm struggling like, how do I end this thing? There's no like narrative, and and you know, you do kind of have to create little bridging elements to fit things together, but you want to keep it, you know, nonfiction. And the ending kept feeling too much from me and not from you know reality and it was bugging me and then all of a sudden like she mentioned like because she had done the interviews in korean and then translated them and there's one bit that she hadn't translated because she didn't think it was interesting and she's like oh yeah back when they they burned all the newspapers and i'm like wait what you mean one of the main characters in the book who was in your band book club wrote something but was then taken and burned and everyone in the book was there and it's a metaphor for everything that's happened and <laughs> so and resolves every plot line she's like oh yeah do you think that would work i'm like yes, <laughs> tell me everything we've worked on this book for a year so yeah it's amazing how like for ev- for her and everyone involved they don't think it's interesting because them I mean, it was just their life like they weren't it wasn't like they were trying to change the world. They were like, this is our life. This is how we solve the problems that we have. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so it was just, that was just her college times and for everyone involved. And so that's, what's interesting as, you know, like back to working with your spouse is to be someone that can like hear that and see what works and what doesn't, because for her, she, you know, she has this amazing story, but she doesn't know what part is going to connect with someone else.
0: Yeah, what I'm hearing in there is there was a lot of you acting as a um like a, a deep listener and providing reflection to what she the, the input that she was giving you. Like like listening really hard for like what's what's standing out and reacting to it to give that feedback to identify the parts that needed to go into the book, right? Um mm-hmm. And then also, there, there was an element in there that I heard about researching like there was like a lot of you going out and talking to people who were involved in this thing and mm-hmm. putting together a picture based on all available information mm-hmm.
2: yeah we uh, we went back out to the town where she went to college. we went to her old university uh, we actually luckily uh, there was a we, we got to walk through one of the buildings like we, it was empty because apparently they were going like, to demolish it the next day we didn't know that we just happened to get there and we went and took a bunch of pictures. Um, Like we weren't supposed to go in there, like all the furniture had been taken out, but we just kind of snuck in, took photos of like little corners where things could happen. And um, like what classrooms looked like. And then after that, we just kind of walked through like, here's where I would have gone to the park. Here's where this happened. Here's where I took the bus Uh, and uh, like took all the pictures to make it accurate to the location. Um, And then she kind of just reunited with all the people that she had uh, been in the band book club with. Then we interviewed some teachers. We interviewed, uh, you know, people on like both sides of the political divide back then. Cause we wanted to, you know, get as many perspectives as possible to give like a real accounting. of And like those changed all, so much about the book. It wasn't just her story, but like we got to hear about her uh, friend who had, um, uh, the, like I mentioned, worked in the school newspaper and he did like, he, uh he did two, he did two newspapers. One was the official newspaper that was censored by the police. Like he had to show the literally the police that would tell him you have to cut this article. And then all the article, everything he wasn't allowed to talk about, he would go home and print his own secret newspaper, uh, which is the one that they burned when they found out about it. And um like would hide it in certain places where people could find it and like risk, risk going to prison to make his secret newspaper. And so like the book doubled in length when that happened. Cause like that's a, that became a big thing. So yeah, it was a lot of research involved in this in the history and the people.
0: I wonder if you could talk a little bit about like this whole idea of living with and like what it was like for you and uh, Hyun uh living with knowing that you don't know everything. Right. Cause like, I know that like, this is something that comes up a lot in when Ann and I do uh, school visits for the Rockets book is that the research kept revealing all these big open areas that we didn't know about. Right. Like, and it was like, oh, well, we clearly, we don't, we don't fully understand G force yet. Okay damn we're gonna have to like do a lot more research and talking to people uh experts on how how g-force works and things like that Mm -hmm. and so we had to learn to become very comfortable with not knowing everything there was to know about the thing Mm -hmm. you know uh like about halfway through which kind of felt scary because it's like oh we're on deadline and we don't feel like we have a full grasp of this project or what this thing Mm -hmm. is yet um which for some reason when i'm writing my own fiction it's not. It's not pleasant, but I can live with it. But when it comes to something where it's like this is real, this is like this is nonfiction. This really happened. Um, I don't want to screw this up, and I don't want to misrepresent anything. And that became. It felt like the stakes were a lot higher. Was Was it like that for you two? And if so, like how did you guys manage that?
2: Um, yeah, that was something I definitely thought about, um, especially with you know, like the not you know everybody's memories. This happened in the eighties like not knowing everything, but like one of the, one of the things that I did early on and that we decided on was um, we changed the name of the town that she lived in and the, the name of the school with, we, we made like a fictional name. We also made fictional names for all the characters surrounding her. Um, just because, you know, this is people's lives. We didn't want to like something that I had someone say to make a plot line come across, like reflect on someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, like for example uh like we have a lot of teachers that were uh doing uh very not good things to the students, and like um you know I don't know exactly which person said what thing, so we kind of condensed them into like we uh into like her shake her uh Shakespeare teacher um so like i had I made this character that was kind of an amalgamation of all these people, and um I'm very. I'm very lucky that i I'm very happy that I did make that change because later we uh another thing we did for not knowing everything I had a lot of sensitivity not sensitivity readers, but I just uh, had people read the book that had been involved in that situation um look over it and uh just give their notes and what their ideas were and one of the people that was so kind and so nice offered to read it, and it was her Shakespeare teacher, which was not wow. the bad guy. And I'm like, oh, let me tell you something. <laughs> this is not you. <laughs> um, uh, he does some very bad things, uh, but she was totally cool about it. And it was, uh, she's like, she's like, it was clear that it was not her. We also like, there are some things that someone did that we didn't want to directly like me to somebody. Uh, and so uh, that's a re- another reason we changed his job from what he actually thought to that and mm-hmm. so she understood that um but yeah mostly it's just um making sure that the people involved were were cool with what we did and uh um and that it felt accurate to them uh even if um you know like there's no way of knowing what dialogue everyone said at any given moment, uh, but just making sure it it felt real and was based on things that actually happened. And then just the history. uh, There's so much, I did so much research in the history, but we really tried to keep it about this small set of characters and how they reacted to it rather than get into, you know, every single detail of the politics because it's, you know, it comes up as it's important to them. And we made sure all of that was accurate.
0: Okay. So yeah, Rob, no, go ahead. Jersey. Well, I was actually going to turn it to direct the the light towards you now and say like, okay, you also make things with your partner and you do a podcast with your partner, but you've most recently made a workshop with your partner. So i wonder if you could talk about like what that looks like when you two are working together. Are there any similarities to what Ryan was describing or differences? Like, how does that look?
1: Yeah, there's, uh, I guess, I mean, for us, it's, this was, if, when I hear Ryan's story, it sounds like um, there was, it's almost like, a, I mean, like a journalist and then, you know, like mining and discovering and and, and co-creating through uh, like a, a facilitation. And, and in this situation where we're with uh, Kate and I, we were both, uh, I would say, it was, it was, uh, we had, we had a moment as far as picking, like, who did we want to, um, sort of, like, lay the conceptual foundation, right, and then proceed from there, so someone had to sort of get the thing rolling, and, uh, we, we discussed, and we wanted, uh, well, Kate to do that, because of, I mean, quirks I've had in the past, where I can, when I get on a certain project, or if I, if I get on a deadline, or whatnot, I can get, um, you know, I still think I'm a pretty, uh, fun kind person to collaborate with but I have a uh a sort of uh, expectation about getting the debt meeting the deadline right and and I and a sort of I don't know I I don't want to use overly ridiculous words like severity about it but like I feel strong about like let's figure out what we got to do to get to this deadline and like we, like Kate and I experienced a lot of that. This is something we'll probably unpack more on like the art and science punks. But like when we collaborated on Babies Love Comics, that was, you know, there was a lot of my um, deadline pushiness stuff where um, where it, it created a lot of um, uh, just just a lot of collaborative tension as far as, well, my... Practice and capacity and all my habits or whatever were compatible with the deadline stuff, but then' but where Kate, it was less so 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 in so, to sort of well to recognize that and not repeat it right let's have um, uh, basically the the deadline and the flow of this project was driven based on uh, kate 's timing, and so we would meet and collaborate and all that kind of stuff, and it kind of changed. Uh, it changed the whole flow of it, right? I mean, which we've had lots of practice collaborating on lots of things. We even look at um, our mental model for our relationship is a collaboration. Um, we, we tackle, like, but that's a different kind of collaboration, like a lifestyle versus an event, and like a creative event where you create an object and put it into the world is different than that, like the, the ongoing lifestyle stuff. So we've got some of these practices we're really comfortable with, but like that making a specific thing we've been, you know, working on and getting better at. And the uh so this project, it was that was a big influence to say, okay, um, timing and whatnot, uh, Kate drove that. And then when we would meet to work on this, um, it sort of would keep evolving and, and taking different shape as you know, Kate went away and worked on that conceptual foundation. Cause it started out where we assumed we were going to make a, a workshop about goal planning. Um, As a couple, right? So whoever your partner is and what have you, it's, it's, it's an interesting circumstance to say like, well, I know I want to get these things done in the next five years of my life or I hope so, but really we're together. And now what I'm doing is affecting you. And what you're doing is affecting me. How can we make that work well? Right. And I think there's lots of interesting conversations, but there's still like this fundamental thing that ended up popping up of of saying like, well, we kind of have to, we kind of need to deal with individual goals first. And that was organic and came through the, you know, Kate exploring that. And then us collaborating and this ebb and flow of that. And so let's see, that was, uh, so
0: I'm, I'm hearing there, there was like different working styles that you guys had to sort of accommodate to one another on, um, for sure. Yeah. And, um I, I i wanna go back to ryan now like did did you i mean cause it's a little bit different when you're talking about band book club because this is you sort of doing um telling the story of Hyun sook's life and having conversations with her but did was there any did did you find there was any kind of like weird um differences of opinion or frictions when it came to you know like what rob was describing with like uh working style? A t- uh, attendance to deadline working hours. I know this is something that Ann and sure. I like output had,
1: page count.
0: Yeah, Ann and I b- sort of had a lot of frictions when it came to that where like I I wanted to talk about it all the time.
1: <laughs>
0: and I was yeah. like, look, you know, can we just have dinner together? I'm like, no, we're going to talk about this project <laughs> night and day because this is all I care about right now. But um did you run anything like that, Ryan?
2: Yeah, that was exactly me. I was the one who wanted to talk about it twenty four hours a day. And it was, it was funny where I'd I'd um I'd ask her a question about a particular situation, and be like, "Oh, you already asked me about that." I'm like, "Yeah, I'm writing a book about it. Like, I gotta. We need. I need like details. I need like <laughs> memories. And, um, and like, uh, but yeah. So for me, like, I the one thing I liked is like we we'd set certain time, like we'd have uh just like a hot date. I'm like, let's have a, a book hot date. I'll take you out. We can get her like uh, the best way to get stories out of her is you give her half a glass of wine. That's all it takes. And she starts (laughs) slaying like that. And she just tells me, and then, then she'd start spilling all the details. And then, Mm. uh, and then I'd have to like write down madly. And the next day, like type everything up and show her like, is this what it was like. And then she would explain to it. But yeah, it was, um, and like, but yeah, I would be the one that like every, we're climbing the mountain we're we're on the bus and I'm like talking about it. And she's like, just chill, just chill, chill. (laughs) Um, And, uh, and yeah, just always thinking about it, like where, uh, um, like even things that she, like, she would be telling me completely unrelated to the book. Like, that's another thing where working with your, your partner is uh, a benefit in this case, because like, there are things that I knew just from like her telling me family gossip that like, she would never have told an interviewer. And I'm just like oh, this is a metaphor for everything. And she's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, because she's telling me about her, like her father running a steak restaurant and like how it fell apart because someone scammed them and this whole thing. And I'm like, uh, and I'm just keep asking questions. She's like, why is this going? This isn't going in the book, is it? I'm like, this is all going in the book. Absolutely. (laughs) She's like, what does my father's steak restaurant have to do with Band book club? And I'm like, you don't understand. I'll show you. I'll show you. It's a metaphor for everything. It ties everything together. Um, So yeah, I was the one always thinking about it. Um. It was interesting seeing it switch, though, because when we were working on the book, it was it was uh, me always asking the questions, and then uh, we got a deal to adapt her book into Korean for a Korean release uh, with a publisher called Idea um, here. And um, so then, luck what was amazing is she got hired as the translator for her own book, and so um, like it was like I translated her story into English, and then she translated it back into Korean and then you know and then she like seeing her read it so closely and like try to like figure out all the like nuance of what like what i was saying and how i was saying it like asking and then it was her asking me the same thing over and over i'm like you already asked me about that she's like yeah i'm writing a book (laughs) and uh yeah so it it like it it was amazing seeing us exactly switch, switch roles and like then like I I would start getting frustrated because like I, she'd ask like how to translate something. I'm like, I don't know. I'm not the trans I can't speak Korean and like try to explain it to her different ways and explain like what, because like one of the biggest things was just like when I had the characters speak like puns or uh, idioms that can't translate into Korean and then have to be like, this is why I put it in and this is what it means. And then have her try and, with her experiences, say what her friends would have actually said. So it's, Uh. it's interesting. Like it's, it'll be like a, it'll be a different, slightly different experience for someone reading the book in Korean because the, a lot of things are changed in that way that give the same ideas, but without the puns or jokes that rely on English and also just her changing things to like better fit for a Korean audience or better relate to how she felt and things like that.
0: Oh, that's great. Yeah. That's really great. It's cool that like both reading experiences will be unique and sort of for those those audiences mm-hmm. um of English And so
1: primary them. from the co-authors, yeah. right? That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. It's like you're you you're able to do localization in 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 like two versions of the project um from the primary team. That's really neat. Yeah. That is really neat. Yeah, and
2: that's something that uh is like would be much more difficult if we, you know, we weren't husband and wife and she could just like wake me up in the middle of the night and be like, what does this joke mean? Or, uh, you know, something like that. It's just being able to constantly go back and forth with each other and not like send an email, wait for an answer. And you know, well, that was a stranger.
0: Well, also like the, the stories of like being able to mine from like just different parts of her life and say like, Oh, that's a metaphor for this. Like, uh, your exposure to that person and your knowledge and your intimate knowledge of that person but also like your um the opportunities for attentive teachable moments or findable moments in in your life with a person can yield like really rich stuff like that like for instance in the rockets book the whole narrative thrust that book about the the history and science of rockets is told by the animals that participated in rocket history and i have done this in our shown this in our talks it started with ann sending me a video, I wanna say in like two thousand five um it was a long time ago, and i'll i pull it up on uh youtube uh it's the bear on a trampoline video. you guys seen this from ages ago um uh, yeah, it's muted, so but it was like uh and uh, you're not gonna see it on the the zoom video, but i'm I'm streaming it on um oh let me stream it on uh twitch. So yeah, it was this video of a bear that got uh, caught in a tree and then the firefighters tranquilize it and they put a trampoline under it so that the bear could like land safely. But it's this, it sent it to me because it was uh, this whole idea of it's just, it's hilarious because it's a bear on a trampoline, but it's also like somehow like really tragic and awful because it's a tranquilized bear falling out of a trampoline and landing on the ground. So it like has that, that double kind of like feeling of like joy and, Oh, I, I don't know if I'm comfortable with this, you know? Um, and when
1: that was a journey
0: (laughs) and so we show this when we do talks for uh rockets because like it's like it raises this whole idea of like how probably we're not always awesome at treating animals with respect right and we're we're also like kind of ill-equipped to deal with that um cognitive dissonance of oh it's so funny but it's so tragic at the same time kind of thing um but when we were it when we were started like to come up with pitches for what the rockets book would be, and had locked and loaded all these stories of like like animals in rocket history, because of that video, centered down this 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 intellectual journey of thinking about like our relationship with animals. And that led to that pitch, which led to the joke in the book where the grizzly bear is like uh, talking about uh, fighter jets in the 1950s. And then these rats come in or monkeys come in and talk to him about how bears were used in ejector seat technology. And he gets angry and walks off the book like that whole arc of storytelling was born out of like something that was just part of our own personal experience husband and wife talking about things that fascinate us. Right. Um, we couldn't we couldn't have planned for that. Right. So like it's it's one of the things I think is worth highlighting is like a cool thing about making something with your partner is um, being attentive to and looking for all these like rich pieces of your relationship that can inform the creativity of the work itself. If that makes sense.
1: It's uh, serendipity. Yeah. It's uh, it, it's it's the preparing for success as opposed to, you know, just trying to make the thing it's yeah. uh you're 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 immersed in a situation and things are going to come out of it. um right. and that's so do you like what about well, let's see what are some things that that you would you think that you learned from this this process um as far as it that that feedback into your um into your relationship. Uh, oh. Uh, well, yeah. Go ahead. Well
2: right, uh, for me uh, for me obviously just like knowing more about like knowing this entire side of my wife that uh I had no idea about like obviously that this is a special case where you're learning things about your partner every single moment because that's literally what you're writing about yeah. um but yeah it's it's um i mean I, I don't know that we uh i mean i guess she learned a lot about like what i do obviously like i think that's kind of brought us together a lot but um just like back to what Jersey was mentioning about like uh things in your relationship that you can put into it that wouldn't work other ways like for me just already knowing her parents like was a huge impact on the book just because like you know like I, I'm not like creating a character like I know exactly what her, her her mother would do in any situation like I've I've been in the house where she shows that up her house and tries to force me to eat beef uh, because I'm a vegetarian, she thinks it's weird, and she drives. She takes a bus to our house with a bag of beef and screams at us to eat beef. Uh, and then, like that happens in the book, she's pressuring people to eat beef. Um, and I know how to like, and I know like the things that frustrate my wife, and how to like put those in the book with about, while still making her mother, uh, you know, a lovable character. Um, And so just, I mean, even just learning things about her, her parents and like working with them on and interviewing them is like, uh, like helped me get to know them a little bit better. So it's just kind of like really just learning people, all these things about my family that I didn't know.
0: Yeah. uh, Yeah. And, and also I would say a big one for me too, was, um, learning to trust and respect, um, my wife's tastes and humor. Something that I've enjoyed on a personal level, but suddenly when you start talking about like putting it into a work that's going to have my name on it too, and finding like a little bit of resistance, like I don't know, like that's that's a funny joke when we're having dinner together. Is that funny in a book? I don't know. And having that that argument to where it's like there's there's like one of the best jokes in the book, in my opinion, is when the polar bear turns to the reader and says it was a cold war, and then the the three animals faint. Um, and that was all. And I didn't I actually kind of resisted it at first. I'm like, oh, that's kind of like a it's kind of a bad pun. But I'm like, oh, wait a second. Eleven year olds. This is for 11 year olds. They're going to love it. And then and sure enough, that's we get feedback from 11 year olds like that's really funny. OK, yeah. You know, it's like I, I need to trust and respect my wife a little bit more than I thought I was. Um and then finding out that there's other, I don't know, I don't know, just I guess, yeah, that'd be the big one for me is 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 having a deeper and richer uh, appreciation of who this woman is, because now we have to negotiate in this arena that I've spent a lot of time building my own identity around, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and I I think of myself as a good collaborator. Well, now it's time to really prove it. <laughs>
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah yeah it is quite a quite a test of that um there's i i think i have just echoing statements where maybe this is just sort of like one of the natural core things that's kind of it makes sense that it comes out of this is that through the collaborative process you you have a certain kind of vulnerability making a thing that represents both of you and all in in ideas that you're weaving together with some kind of sense of both expression and service and there's a There's no simple math for that process, but there is a lot of um, sitting with each other's creative vision and stuff, right? And so there's the vulnerability aspect. But then for me, I also, um, I get inspired. It makes me, you know, uh, seeing my wife perform and and get her ideas out and being attached to her ideas and vision and how she presents them and whatnot. And and I'm like, God, that's going to help people. I love this. And I get inspired. Yeah. Um, it makes me want to try harder.
2: Yeah. For, for me, like with, with Band Book Club and the other book I'm working on right now, Culted, which is kind of a follow-up to Band Book Club, but a friend of mine who grew up in a cult. Um, That's something I really think about is like how, like for me with these, my, I, I realize my role is to like step back and see how I can be in service of their story not so, you know, I, I inject what of mine helps it, but not like try and make it my thing. Um, cause like, especially there's so within publishing, there's so much drama right now with things like American dirt. Oh, That's yeah. a big thing right now about a book that like, is this your story to tell? Um, are you doing this accurately? Are you putting in stereotypes of what you think it might be? And so for me, like I, you know, I'm very upfront about the fact that, you know, I, um like with band book club a lot of other authors might have interviewed my wife and then written their book um i'm like i i am absolutely not the person to be writing this book i'm going to make her a co-author and then same with amy wrote like i i i will never claim to know no matter how much research i do what the experience of growing up in a cult is um so i let them take the lead. And it was different in each case, how much I did, how much of my voice I put in, how much I stepped back, how much they did the actual physical writing, how much I did, because my role is not to make it mine. My role is to, um, do the things that need to be done to make it good. Like with my wife, she's not a writer, so she couldn't sit down and like write the script. She doesn't know how to how a comic script is structured. um, so, like it, it was me physically sitting down and writing it and then showing it to her to make changes and suggest changes. Whereas with, uh, Amy Rose with unocculted like she is a writer who is unfamiliar with comic scripts. So, um, it was more of like, she did a lot more of the physical writing and I would like help format it into a, uh, a comic and suggest like structural ways to make it work. But, um, my job in both was very different. Cause like, like I said, it's not, it's not uh, how can I use your flavor to use your story to flavor my book? It's how can I help you create your book? Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's a really <clears throat> different, it, that's a different sounding stance because I think a lot of um, uh, I mean, I'm when I encounter sort of a, uh, like a biography, or something a lot of times it's the biographer, the writer, the like, like the one who holds the pen is the one who claims the work. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is, that's a really different stance. Like, yeah. I
2: mean, the, yeah. yeah. I mean, it just, in this case, I'm lucky enough to be able to work with, with the, the people involved in the stories. Like, it, you know, if you're doing a biography of someone who's no longer with us, you don't have that luxury. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm going to take advantage of it. And, you know, let these people tell their story as opposed to me uh like trying to take it and use it for what i want to say
0: mm-hmm. uh i feel like we're approaching a good point to take a quick break and then come back in the second half of the show and like maybe talk about some of the highs some more about like the uh the characteristics of working with your partner highs and lows mm-hmm. Frictions to that that we encountered, but then also joys of of uh, getting to work with the person closest to you. Um, so, if you guys cool with that, take a, about a minute and a half yep. break. All right, cool. We'll come back in a minute and a half. Talk about that, uh, and then maybe talk a little bit more about the two the two minute uh, practice that we've been doing this week. But before we do that, I've got to thank some people who make this show possible. And those people happen to be the folks who support us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Lean Into Art is the website. What is it? It's a way for you to give us a monthly upvote. If you believe in me and Rob and the work that we do, you can support us for as little as a dollar a month. And you can cancel any time. But I do advise you to stick around for at least a month just to enjoy all the extra free stuff behind the scenes. Uh, and I want to thank five people who have been supporting us on a regular basis First up, Cameron Callahan. Thank you, Cameron, for believing in us and what we do. You can find Cameron on Twitter at cam callahan. Also, Jonathan Warrenson, Thank you, Jonathan. It means a lot to us. And Mike White. You can find Mike White on Instagram at mike white robot. Thank you so much, Mike. And J S Taskus. You can find J S on Twitter at j s taskus. And finally, the mysterious K. Thank you so much for supporting us. You can join them all at patreoncom art, where you will find all the shows we make as well as the extra leans the shows we record only for people who support us on patreon those posts become an open mic thread where you talk about whatever you want in a safe place uh where only fellow leaners are hanging out and supporting us on patreon also gets you access to the leading to art discord private uh channels which we'll talk about more at the end of this episode but once again patreon.com slash to art is the website thank you to everybody who supports us there it means a lot to us
1: it sure does Okay. Thank you.
0: And how about just hit some very short music to take us into the next half. Because we were talking about Science Comics Rockets. And there we go. Now we're in the second half. Let's talk about highs and lows of working with uh, navigating frictions and celebrating the joys. Um, I don't know about you guys. I I think I heard a little bit of this in the stories you were telling, but uh, and it resonated with me because I know that one of the things I encountered with making something with my wife was discovering um unknown baggage that I was carrying about myself as a cartoonist that wouldn't have come out in another uh, collaborative partnership because the level of knowledge and understanding of one another wouldn't be there. Right? I've known Anne for. 20... Oh, going on 25 years, you know. I've uh, been married, as, as of this year, 20 years. So she knows more about me than anybody, right? And, like, having having that level, that deep knowledge made, it, made her able to call me out on things when we were arguing over different parts of the book that I wouldn't have... I think another collaborative partner wouldn't have picked up on, right? And so, like, it was... It, there was incredible opportunities for growth presented to me (laughs) by virtue of the fact that my wife was there to say, is this really about your knowledge as a cartoonist and your skills as a cartoonist? Or is this about this life experience that I'm detecting similar, you know, residencies with? And I was like, no, maybe. (laughs) Did you guys encounter anything like that?
2: Oh, well, for me, uh, one thing I, I realize is how like obsessed with story I am above all else. Like that's, that's what my, how my mind tracks. Anything is with story. Like one of the funny situations was when my wife was first telling me the story, like I said, it's because she had met some friends and she met like an old boyfriend from college. And she's talking about like, tell me the story of like being in the band book club together. And this like this one romantic night they had on a, on a boat. And like, it's the most romantic story in the world. And like, they almost kiss, but they don't. And, and then like, and then she's talking about how like, um, <clears throat> tells me all this stuff. And then like, yeah, and we met last week, and like we reunited after this many years. And I'm like, did you kiss? <laughs> and she's like, no, we're we're married. And I'm like, oh, it would have been a better story if you kissed at the end. <laughs> like, <and> she, <laughs> which just just that's how my brain works. It's I, I'm, I'm like, it's like I'm watching a movie. Like it's just. Ah. <laughs> oh.
1: oh
0: that's good that's good uh <laughs> deeper self-knowledge is always a good thing uh <laughs> when you find out that you're obsessed with the story rob anything like that happened between you and kate while you guys were working together um, did you did you well, ask I her mean, to kiss other men <laughs>
1: <laughs> no that wasn't a, an implicit nor explicit request um. <laughs> It, uh, what happened, uh, it, it was, this is a, a, kind of a series of collaborations, right? So we've, we've been doing our podcast together and then this, this has been, uh, we've, we've been building to doing some kind of products in the form of workshops and, 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 and helpful other ma- materials like the, like the workbook, right? We knew this was coming. It just was a really, a question of like, well, how are we going to go about it this time? And that, um. The idea of like how do we how do we manage our own commitments to this and uh, communicate that back and forth with each other, and that, that's um, and that's where we came up with that sort of like a looser grip on the, the the timeline, and it's more of sort of a a lob the ball back and forth rhythm, and then you know the ball just would, would keep being the project would keep evolving over time and so we have a lot of dialogue during one of those lobs right so it's like we're investing time same time same place and let's move it forward and then hold on to then then just sit back and and maybe we each carry away some kind of you know concern to follow up on but but for the most part it, you know figure out that core concept it was uh, that was kate and uh mm the rhythm of that ball, like the, the, the progression or heartbeat of the project, instead of saying, well, every week it's going to be this and we expect progress every week. It, it was a lot more loose. <laughs> so that arrangement um, was what, it made it a lot easier for me to, to not be um, yeah. Creating a uh, cause even if you're comfortable with failing, it's um, if you keep failing every single week, uh, is it, does it stay fun? (laughs) Um, it's hard to really frame that in a way where, yeah, it's still exciting, even though, yeah. Okay. We've, we have, um, either of us has missed like five, 10, 12, you know, whatever end number of deadlines. It's like, well, what if we just got rid of that? (laughs) And that was, that was a lot, uh, I don't know, it's just a lot more helpful. It's like positive reinforcement, focusing on the thing that's moving us forward instead of uh, the thing we are doing, not the thing we're not doing. Oh, That, yeah. would, that was a big thing.
0: Huh. Um, so, I mean, uh, let's let's talk about deadlines a little bit. Like, how did you guys, it was like, this gets in this whole idea of like, something I struggled with personally when we were doing the Rockets book was, is like, I'm used to managing myself Um, now I'm a collaborator with somebody and and I'm, I'm used, I've collaborated with Ann on small projects before where the deadline like was really short. It it wasn't a year. It was like a month, you know, and I've worked with other collaborators before, uh, where, but when I worked with other collaborators, there was much more of a professional sort of front end built in by virtue of the fact that we don't know each other as well as I know my wife. Um, so something that became a challenge to figure out really quickly was, how do we find a way to work together on something where there is an external deadline being put upon us? This 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 material is due at this time. Like we had like a schedule. Like thumbnails are due at this time. Pencils are due at this time. Inks are due at this time, and so on. Um, I wonder if you guys could both speak to that. Like, what did that? What did that? Uh, how did you guys negotiate that together? And it sounds like with with you you and Kate Rob, you guys said like, hey, how about we just focus on what we're accomplishing rather than what what deadlines we're not meeting. Um,
1: Which was a luxury because we were self-publishing this.
0: Yeah, okay. But what about you, Ryan? Because you had a uh, you're working with a publisher and I'm gathering, I, I assume there was some kind of deadline put upon you.
2: Yeah, absolutely. What, the benefit we had is um, Iron Circus is an amazing publisher. Spike is an amazing publisher. Very slow at answering emails. <laughs> so we had the benefit of like while we were waiting for the contract like we just worked and uh, it took like six months so like we signed the contract we're like oh we're almost done with the script <laughs> like, okay and so that we got that luckily the work i got with Hyunseok, we got so far ahead was we were doing the interviews and everything that um that it was just a little bit of like we we finished the script we sent to the um to the editor and kind of went back and forth on that a little bit and then like we so we didn't really have much worry about with that collaboration and then we had uh i didn't draw the book i had a korean artist do it because i wanted a korean artist to draw a korean story and then the the deadline was more about his work Mm -hmm. um and then i i there was a crunch there was a crunch at the end that where i was trying to um like help i was helping out and working on a lot of things with him but hyunsook wasn't involved in that so our our bit was very kind of easy going not not too much stress uh later she had uh more of a deadline crunch when she was doing the, the korean translation because it had to be done pretty quickly mm-hmm. um but uh you know she she uh managed that pretty well there wasn't much help i could give because i can't translate but more mostly just answering her questions so there's no issues for us on that on that front hmm
0: did, did do you guys um and I'm, I'm asking both rob and ryan did you guys do like um scheduled blocks of time to like this is where we the the area where we talk about or work on this thing or was it more distributed i mean because like when you were talking earlier ryan about like i want to talk about this all the time um something that Anna and i sort of had to negotiate was in order to like you know uh remind ourselves that we're human beings who are also married partners and that I'm not a cartoonist 24-7, you know, uh, was like negotiating like, okay, this block of time on these days is going to be time where, you know, we're going to show up and talk about this stuff. So if you're thinking about it during the week, save it up and bring it to those those sessions together. Um, And we even did, and this is actually one of the things that I would point as one of the joys of working with your partner is um, we negotiated that uh for at least like 6 months of the project when we were doing like a lot of the research our date nights were going to the library and just reading wow. together like reading as much about rocket history as we could for months and months um and so we baked that into our lives as a scheduled sort of bit of business but did you did you guys do do that with your collaborative projects or rob you're nodding
1: uh right i mean so for for Kate and I we have two kids and uh you know, so between, you know, kids and other professional commitments and whatnot, uh, like the calendar is a big deal <laughs> for us. We, we coordinate a lot through uh, scheduling uh, appointments with one another or negotiating time to, to, to do that. And then, so there's typically a few different windows where we have that time that like, where we could let the project just either, um, like unintentionally just spill into stuff, but it wouldn't work out well in the midst of making supper with kids and for kids and stuff, it just, you know, a little bit of spice and chaos is fun and and could really, you know, kick up some creative energy. But I think I wouldn't remember anything. It'd be confusing and frustrating to like really try to get stuff done during many times with, with, uh, with all all the kids around. But then it's like, well, when the kids are in bed and then sometimes we have, um, you know time to watch something together or do our podcast or whatever, uh, but then we also um we we both uh became certified coaches in that in that same time frame, so like we were doing um a lot of scheduling with time working on their, our our side projects together and um like so yeah, we were very intentional about it and the the, the mixed bag of it was is we traded like uh, a lot of times we we would have a, we have a pretty consistent weekly date night yet um and normally that would be pretty pretty much either take care of a couple errands for for the house and stuff and or uh just do something fun and spend time together talk with whatever that became filled and it was sort of like we kind of already had the time set aside and it got used for all the project stuff (laughs) so now we're kind of getting back to like oh now we do other things we're not just you know Talking about school and the project all the time.
2: Right. Ryan? Yeah, for for us, it, you know, it, for me doing the English version, her doing the Korean version, there was really only one of us at the keyboard at once. So it wasn't like we were trying to collaborate like all this. Mostly for most of us, it was uh, uh, for her role in the English and my role in the Korean was uh, asking questions or answering questions and checking over drafts. So, um, for like small questions, it would, it was easy just to be like one of us would be typing and then yell out a question in the next room. And I, I'd be like, uh, did you ever throw a Molotov cocktail or was it just your friend? Or she'd be like, what, what is, a um, I can't (laughs) remember a pun. So what does this pun mean? Um, but then when, you know, when one of us would finish a draft and want the other to check it over, we just, you know, I, I'm lucky enough to like work on like 40 projects at once at any given time so i Mm. I would just finish something send it to her she'd take her time getting to it reading it making her notes and i'd be working on star trek or working on popeye or something like that and uh was nice to be able to go back and forth so um we we, you know there was times where she'd just be like uh you know we'd be doing something else and she'd i'd be asking a million questions like ryan just chill just chill so, like, it wasn't, like, planned. We don't talk about it here. We don't talk about it here. But, like, when she's, like, I'm trying to relax right now. We're at the, you know, we're, we're on, we're taking a weekend trip. Just, I don't want to talk about that right now. She just let me know in the moment. Okay. And I'd save my questions.
1: Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no yeah, more questions.
1: It- it,
0: what One of my unexamined uh, sort of fantasies about like working with my wife on projects was like, oh, it's gonna be like Charles and Ray Eames and our entire house is just gonna be like this this um, temple of creativity. Creativity happens everywhere. Like you guys have both been to my place back when I lived in Ann Arbor. And, like we had like chalkboards all over the walls and like there was just like, there's places to capture ideas and play all over the place. And like that was, that was really intentional and, th- and thought through by both of us. But like, I think sometimes uh i wanted it well it's like it's something you were talking about uh earlier rob about like this idea of like a spontaneity you can add spice and it's like it's like the same idea with like romance in a marriage it's like oh it's like it's a never-ending love affair well <laughs> it's also scheduling and it's minutia. It's take the garbage out and it's like all of these like these these like keeping doing the business of staying alive kind of stuff and like i remember thinking like this is, like 10 12 years ago now when I, the moment I had to buy a calendar, you know, like actually like keep a calendar on my person, I was like, this is the saddest thing that's ever happened to me. You know, like I'm not, I'm not a real artist anymore. I'm like, I'm a stupid grown up now. Um, but like, I, I think about that, like in terms of our, the this project is like, I had that romantic idea that we're just going to be endlessly generating creative thought together and neglecting the fact that like, oh yeah, there's times where you just want to chill out and you just want to be a person and not have to think about this project all the time. Um, and yeah, actually it's probably a good idea if we actually schedule it so then we have like a, a mental exercise to like spin up to this thing like you do for a meeting and like, there's like, um, anyway, yeah, it's, it's, it was, it was sort of me coming to grips with that. I, the moment I thought about our names being together on a book, I was like, we're going to be just like Charles and Rhames. There's gonna be pictures of us on a motorcycle together, you know, <laughs> 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 but ain't necessarily. So can, can we talk about, um, uh, so a friend of mine once described like a, a partnership or domestic partnership or a marriage as like, instead of you walking side by side, you're sort of walking like this, you're leaning into one another and relying on each other's strengths. And I think that's a really lovely thought. Um, and I'm wondering if, if you guys encountered anything like that, like discovering or reacquainting yourself with how you wind up leaning on each other through the way you have to rely on each other's strengths in a creative project together. Did anything like that happen in your experience? Ryan
1: um,
2: I can't think of any examples of it. Uh, yeah, just like like I said, it, it was a lot for her discovering what I do and um, realizing, and like her kind of uh, leaning on that, but then me like leaning on her for needing like, like uh, there's no way I could have done the research necessary because I don't speak Korean. Um, and having her uh, explain a lot of it, you know, me, I can read a book, but her explaining how the history felt to people in the time. Like it's very different, you know, like an English speaking, uh, uh, his, uh, you know, historian explaining the context of it as opposed to like, this is what it felt in the moment. And then interviewing people and talking to them about uh how it like what their lives were like. I could never have done that. Right. And she's constantly like, you need to you need to learn Korean. And I'm like, yes, I do, I know. <laughs> but um so it's it was nice both of us bringing something to to it. Like she could not have you know written a comic script and I could not have done the research. So for both of us together, uh it made it happen.
0: But there there's there's also the fact that like you have this obsession with finding story wherever you're Mm -hmm. looking right and the fact that you have your eye on that and the fact that she was she was there to provide you with i'm going to spill out on all the table all the details and then you Mm -hmm. could lean in and say okay thank you for all the details i'm going to like sort out and figure out where the patterns emerge and find where the story is and all of this Mm -hmm. uh, information I mean I feel like that that's that's an example of both of you bringing a different strength to the table. She's providing the the, yeah. the first-hand accounting and experience and perspective and you're finding the sort of the through lines through all of that.
2: Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, where does it start? Where does it go? Where do how do I fit them together so it's not just little vignettes and things like that, yeah.
0: I, I, another really awesome takeaway that I that I hear in there is um this idea that we all think of our lived experience. Well, we all, I'm not going to talk about all of us. I can't speak for everybody, but like, I know for, for myself, I think of my lived experience as being like, there's no way I would put that in a book because it is so utterly uninteresting, right? And there's certain stories that I've told about my childhood when I tell them to friends, they're like, that should be in a book. I'm like, I, I, what are you talking about? You know, and it's it's encouraging to hear your story about like, Talking to your wife, who had this inter- interesting experience, but because she grew up in the time she did and where she did, it's like, yeah, this happened to a bunch of us, and you know, I don't know, it's just a thing that happened. It's an anecdote, you know. But like, there may be um, more to it if you find if you find yourself a Ryan Estrada who can get really excited about whether or not you kiss a dude you shouldn't kiss. You know, <laughs> <laughs> find that person to like get excited about there the you stories know. you tell. Rob, well, mm-hmm. yeah,
1: that recognition. So, yeah, it's it's um it's it's interesting that um there's almost like it's like a collaborative flow of of like the the passing and 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 incrementally growing an idea is what I hear, and that that's um, yeah. yeah, that's that's pretty great. And then like just the recognizing the stories and whatnot. That's uh, it's very complimentary, right? Where um, sometimes I uh, I I don't know. I have a way of looking at things that probably this is a tension that I know that comes up sometimes is I like to think this is a weird privilege. Um, Cause I can, I'd like to excuse myself and wander away from it saying it's great. Shut up. But what it is, is I sometimes get in the mindset of thinking everyone can do what I can do. Right. Mm. It's like, if I can do it, you could do it. Yep. I believe in you. Right. Yep. And that has, positive aspects to it and it has negative aspects to it and then uh so really believing and that that others if they cared to or try or grow or whatever but there's so much more to it as far as you know uh access and availability and and uh motivation all this kind of stuff has to you know come together at the same time and, th- and then it's like well okay possibly i get that it's more complex than that kind of like how where it comes up in uh at times I couldn't there, maybe there's a cyclical pattern to it. I haven't detected it, but I believe everyone can draw for better or for worse. And, uh, a lot of times, uh, Kate will, will sort of do something, uh, uh, visually capture an idea and then, and go, aha, look at, I can't draw. And I'll, I'll go, aha, look at, you can draw <laughs> with the same evidence proving both of our cases. Yeah. And, uh, so with, with this project, it's, a you know, it was really more about the meta and, um, and being able to, and so like, how do we, you know, do we lean toward each other? I guess our metaphor is more, um, we sort of uh, are collectively holding this thing that is our relationship and we're mm-hmm. continuing to, to build that. And then I guess, then we chose to build another, th- another thing as a, <laughs> this product too. So being careful with all this stuff that we're carrying, um, but being attentive to that and ourselves individually and, and together. Um, but, I th- and, and also just uh, recognizing this, this history of quirks that we've, we noticed that we, each of us have um, then that, tends to help it's like well our in a way like why we're what we're carrying is this conversation and 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 set of experiences that we share together in our regular life and the business of life and also when we make stuff and, and and wearing the different hats that we wear um that's all context that feeds into like oh is it a good idea to be pushy now about a deadline or how could we best um critique this thing that we we both worked on the draft of to, to make better. Right. So we've got this workbook. Um, What's a good next step as far as, is making it sure that it's um, uh, it's clear enough or whatever, we're or how much, what visuals need to go in it or whatever. And, uh, and just, I don't know, approaching that pretty much in the, in the way that, that I described before, where, you know, maybe we work on that together and, or maybe we, we say, we just take break off pieces of it and say, we'll come back together later. And, and um, that, uh, so the, there's a lot, we've got a lot of practice doing that and teaming up on stuff. And so we've, um, and managing our own quirks, right. So my quirk of the whole, like, you know, we said we do it by this time figure we we just adapt, I don't know like just <laughs> let's improvise it right now we you know and or whatever it will do you know it, it, my my assumptions are that that just that, that don't always fit um I'm aware of that, <laughs> so yeah, so I'm a little better at managing that
2: yeah, I think one of my assumptions is not just everyone can do this, but everyone wants to do this, <laughs> whereas I'm like <laughs> and, and and I'm just like I'm constantly asking my wife, like, "What's your next project? Your your projects? About, what's what's your next book?" She's like, "I don't want to write another book. I, I only made that one because you pressured me into it." Like, she's just like, "It's she's so nonchalant about the whole thing," but I mean, she she loved doing it, but she's like, "Okay, I, I that that was the book that I made." <laughs>
0: wow. Uh, that that is good. Yeah, and I mean, that's I. Related to that thought is, I think it's worth noting that all of us are speaking from a perspective of having finished the thing, right? Like, it it feels very different to be on the other side of it, because when you're in the thick of it, holy cow, is it intense? You're just trying not to drown. And, like, uh, Nate is in the chat and was saying... um, this is related to like when you're in the thick of it, you know, it's like with our lifestyles and all the projects and the kids, et cetera, the metaphor I use is that we are more often than not in the foxhole together, not entirely positive, but pretty accurately describes the feeling of being in the partnership. Yeah. Sometimes, especially when you're in the thick of the making of the thing, it feels like, and even when you're doing a book that has like a pretty big deadline, like I, you know, it took us a year and a half to do rockets, but that was a year and a half of like really intense thoughtful problem solving in various different stages of production of the book right um and uh yeah and 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 discovering um i was so grateful to Anne because because of her deep knowledge of me that there were moments where i was ready to take a stance on certain elements of the book like you know like arguing with like the editor and, and whatnot about like I-, I think that this should be this way for this reason and Anne was there to be to say, like, "Look, I know you, and I think what's happening here is this is you being proud of your deep knowledge of storytelling. Is it really that big of a battle to fight? Is it really that important to like like Is this the is this the hill you want to die on? Is this one particular panel?" And I was like, "Oh yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. I'm just getting I'm getting prideful, and you know this has nothing to do with uh, affecting the overall quality of the book, and it will make our life more harmonious with our editor because we'll agree on something. Let's just proceed, you know." Um But yeah, um, I I like this idea of also discovering those blind spots of like, well, if I can do this, of course, everybody can do this, which is like another way of saying, um, I'm not doing anything that special, right? And that's like the opposite (laughs) end of that. Yeah.
1: A variety of positive side effects and a variety of negative side effects.
0: But then also uh, the the thought that like, well, if I want to do this, then surely this is the most important and most... I'm guilty. I'm not accusing yeah. you of this, Ryan. I'm accusing myself of this. It's like, this is the noblest pursuit afforded of, of to mankind.
2: <laughs> and if you <laughs> don't
0: care the way I care about this, I have no time for you. Get out of my sight, you know? Like, yeah. that voice is in here, and it, it, it gets very angry sometimes. But it, it's related to this idea of like, well, why wouldn't you want to do this? is the greatest thing in the world, yeah. right?
2: Well, uh, <laughs> a, funny, a funny thing that happened because of that is um, when you when we did the book, uh, the publisher sent us a questionnaire to fill out for uh, the promotion team about like availability for doing interviews and what we want to do. And like, and so when I asked Suk again, she's like, I don't want to write, like, I, I don't need to promote myself. I'm not going to write another book. And also like, I don't speak English is my second language. I don't want to be doing interviews. You can handle that. So just, just put that, you know that you can do all that so in the in the thing it like introduce yourselves i said you know i did but my bio and then i said i'm filling this out my myself instead of hyunsuk because she said this is her only book and uh i forget how i phrased it i didn't realize that that uh form that little block of text is what they were going to copy and paste as our biographies <laughs> oh. in in everything it, it's been changed since but so then later <laughs> i go to so then later i go on to amazon and it says ryan Estrada is a cartoon artist adventure blah blah blah. blah. this is hyunsek's only book
1: <laughs> Ooh. Yeah,
2: <there's> <laughs> and i'm like and i'm like oh my god it looks like i'm nagging my wife and then i guess that and then w- when we got flown out to the american library association <laughs> um I guess that bio had gone out. Some I don't know where it was, but all the questions are like, "Is this really your only book?" I'm like, "This is what everyone knows about her. They know nothing except this is Kensick's only book." It's like very like J.D. Salinger esque. Like she's some hermit. Like you're not allowed to know anything about me. I had assumed bios were a thing I was going to write later for the book. I didn't know that was the
0: right. Oh my gosh. Oh, I, I like the idea of like like creating this air of mystique around it inadvertently, though. Like the mysterious yeah. young look, is here. There she is. There she is. <laughs> Don't talk to her. <laughs> she's
1: she's 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 a, she's a total misanthrope. Doesn't want to have anything to do with us librarians. Uh, mm. uh, that's I mean that's an intense artist vibe though. That's pretty great. Like this yeah. is my only book, and then yeah, uh, yeah that's so awesome. What? <laughs> um, uh, okay. Well, let's see. What do you think as far as uh, um, where where do you want to go next with with our exploration, Jersey? Because um, I think, I mean, yeah, we're, we're closing the main in. Topic. We've got our two minute practice segment potentially, mm-hmm. but I'm I'm open to you know. Well, we could...
0: uh, go ahead, Ryan.
2: Well, I can add uh, w- one of the positives I think oh. about working with your spouse uh, is like <clears throat> the ability to like uh, for promoting it because like artists have this thing everyone's afraid to promote themselves like it feels kind of icky and i've gotten good at faking it like i know i have to promote things so i pretend that i'm i'm i don't feel weird about it but i do um and what that's one of the things that i i love about collaborating with people is that i can genuinely be like this book's amazing it looks awesome and not feel weird because i'm promoting my uh collaborators but also if it's like just an artist you've worked with it also feels weird to constantly talk about how great a stranger you know not a stranger you've worked with them but Mm -hmm. just like talk about how great this person is. You're like, have I said it too much? Is it going to be weird? Yeah. Whereas like with, with, with my wife, it's my job to talk about how great my wife is. I have no problem (laughs) going on every podcast in the world and going on Twitter and being like, my wife's book is cool. Like it's, (laughs) yeah, it's uh. so that's why like, I'm able to promote this book a lot more without feeling weird about it.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it should be one's vocation to uh you know add, promote and celebrate their significant other right. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah you're right like that is that is a wonderful little bit of business i get to do when we're talking about rockets is like oh that part you like that was all and she is so great she's the best. And like and it's absolutely sincere right like i really feel this way about her there's like no cognitive dissonance between me and the the self-promotion in that situation yeah that is that is a really awesome advantage to point at um work with your partner
1: yeah it's like so uh working with your partner so you can experience the benefit of secondary (laughs) self-promotion
0: well that's the other part is like is like is like uh if if she suddenly becomes way more uh successful than me at making comics it's like i win (laughs) (laughs) my wife's super successful making comics and i get to be there to like celebrate her and celebrate comics you know um
2: I would love if if Suk got more famous than me as an artist, and just watching her, oh, I don't want to make another comment.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: yeah, that's pretty. It's pretty inspiring, honestly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why not? Uh, it's like I, I just like ah, I've been trying so hard. Look at this. I get to I get to be next to this person who is making it happen, mm-hmm. and with this, with uh, wonderfully artistic skill and reluctance at the same time.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, like, yeah, that, that's a, another thing that I realized, like I, like I said, I, I don't know if it's going to become New York times bestseller, but based on sales, like we, we heard there's a possibility and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm excited about the possibilities, me being a New York times best-selling author, but I'm much more excited about the possibility of her who does not care at all (laughs) like after reading all the articles about like the shady ways powerful people are like buying their way into the list like spending hundreds of thousands of dollars and doing illegal things to get themselves on the list if my wife who does not care accidentally becomes a new york times best-selling author i will be so excited
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs)
0: that's pretty good so um Okay, how about we take one more break and then we can conclude with some thoughts on the two-minute practice and then we will let Ryan go to bed because it is, what, going on? It's after three o'clock in the morning, your time, right? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. We appreciate Mm. you making the time to be here, Ryan. Um, I'll always
2: talk about comics.
1: (laughs) Cool. And I think we can bring it, uh, do do another, um, like, I'd be curious to hear Ryan's thoughts about the the two-minute practice, too. Oh, cool. Of course, and we'll close up with uh, promoting and all that stuff.
0: Great. Okay. So in about two minutes, we're going to, cut, we're going to conclude with the two-minute uh, practice. And before we do that, we got to thank some more people who make this show possible. Those people our, are our, our, us. We make this show possible and we make stuff and then we bring those thoughts that occur when we make stuff to become topics of these episodes. The thing that I'm making that I hope you'll check out right now is another podcast I do called the Four Million million Years Later Podcast. And it is very different than Lean Into Art in the sense that it is about a pop culture thing. It's about a cartoon from the 1980s called The Transformers, where me and a buddy are watching an episode a week and then getting together to talk about it. And the way it's similar to Lean Into Art is that it is, um, I go into some really like, Heavy duty thinking, possibly overthinking about these episodes. Uh, episode seven, Fire in the that, Sky. Is, hold it. Overthinking
1: doesn't exist. That's true. You, you, did you mean to say um, very analytical um, exploration of an a story that inspires you deeply? Yeah, there you go. That's a great way of <laughs> saying that? it. Yeah. Not to put words in your mouth.
0: But but yeah, the the premise is is that we're talking deeply about the story from the perspective of how we encountered it as a young person and how we feel about it today um and episode seven is is the longest one yet it's like an hour and 40 hour and 42 minutes and it's i go very very long and hard about uh how much i love the character of skyfire and why in this particular story so you can find it at four million years later.com rob it's a you, great
1: episode to start your start listening to the podcast to be honest
0: oh a, yeah. well that's right you listen well thank you for doing that rob um rob you made a workshop with your
1: partner I did, yeah. So uh Kate Shield-Stenzinger, my uh collaborator and creative partner and partner in other aspects of life as well. Uh we made this workshop and workbook. Uh, That's called goal setting using design plus storytelling. That's the, that's the big, that's a workshop that includes the workbook. Uh, The workbook is called the where next journal. You could use either or both to do some base some, some uh, wrapping your head around strategy and tactics. Like, where do you want to go next? And how could you tell that as a story? And um, that's like the, the big picture stuff, which is pretty powerful. It's neat to just remember where you're going in a, in a story that it gets you excited. And you can use that to help recruit other people and collaborators if you want for things you're building, that's pretty neat. But then there's also the tactics of, of like, well, what's, what do you need to do right immediately next to just move you closer to that? And you can keep that going. So it's, it's to, to set you up like any sort of, um, goal planning, life planning kind of, uh, system. Um, it, but it's, it's meant to be sort of bite-sized simple and try to tackle a variety of ways of thinking and looking at where you want to go. Um, but through essentially six core activities or seven, if you get the full version, full version of the where next journal comes with both the comes with the workshop. Um, and it also, uh, is, purchasable on its own so if you go to uh, gum.co slash wnxtj you can get the journal the free 10 page version is available for you there you can get the full 30 page version as well for a small price and then if you would like the whole experience of like hey someone walk me through this yeah the workbook's handy and stuff and has a lot of explanation and warm-ups and stuff in it but like uh what is it like to hear other people thinking through this well we've got a 20-minute video for you. So um, it's in sections, like for each little section of the workbook, and you can go through it with us. And that's at gum.co slash gsuds.
0: G-SUDS. If you have purchased it, please consider giving it a rating. Um, That helps more people determine whether or not they want to avail themselves of this workshop um and then the last thing we want you to check out is the lean into our discord yes we have a forum now where you can hang out with other leaners there are three public channels topic requests where you can you know suggest ideas for the future shows comment on past shows and then you can also post your challenges and quests like the two minute uh practice sessions that we've been doing and then there's three channels that are only for people who support us on patreon so the invite link will be in the uh show notes for this episode at leanator.com and patreon.com slash and on the youtube channel as well so okay two minutes to talk about the two minute uh practice you wanna you wanna bring us back up to speed on what that is rob
1: Sounds great. So we introduced the two-minute practices a couple episodes ago, and the basic idea is creative challenges are awesome and a neat mechanism that you can use to, practice, to grow uh, skills and create products, And uh, but they're kind of expensive overall compared to something if you just want to do a quick warm-up. And creative challenges can really balloon and you can get into a lot of tension with the availability to, to make it happen. And among all your other responsibilities, but you can get a lot of those benefits by just doing little practices that just practice small things frequently. And so we've got a, um, a way that we're going about that called, uh, the lean into art two minute practice sessions. And we've brainstormed a whole bunch of ideas that, that, uh, are, that are options for you to practice. But of course you can use two minutes to brainstorm your own ideas for what you want to practice next. And then just go about it, schedule the time, do the thing, look back on it after that practice, or just maybe after seven days of it either way. And that way you are continuing to move forward, trying stuff that you maybe normally wouldn't do. It's like, Hey, two minutes, go for it. Find a, find a spot in your schedule where that can fit and do a thing. Um, like our latest practice was art meditations. Mm. And so how do you look at art meditations, Jersey?
0: Um, Well, I'll pull up one of my art meditations that I shared on the Discord. And basically I just open up my sketchbook. I take a pencil and um, just move the pencil around. Uh, You described it as algorithmic drawing, which I like that idea of um, the objective is to just make shapes that I like to draw. But the moment they start to... form any kind of cohesive idea or representation change tactics change what you're you're doing so i'm doing a lot of smooth shapes right now it's starting to look like i'm making like a cloud field all right we're going to change the straight shapes all right we're just going to fill in like with the side of the pencil kind of thing and um the whole idea is to draw without any explicit purpose or objective um it's a meditation right um so that's what i did all week did you do the
1: same I have a different thing. I wrestled with the core idea of this (laughs) because what I've been trying to buy into is that I can practice with no output that is expected uh, to do, to do anything with almost saying, implying to myself that if I make something that I think would be worth sharing or keeping it violates it. And Mm. then I looked at the list that I brainstormed and I also looked at some of the things I was making and I thought, well, that's baloney because the whole point from, I think what works for me is that I'm going to practice and whatever comes of it comes of it. I'm just going to keep practicing. Mm. And so I could, cause I'd like, I'm attracted to like your, your, the, how you think about this where you're like, oh yeah, uh, if it becomes something, then, then switch and whatever. Um, but I ended up doing a lot of um, sort of large. I took, I wanted to do meditative drawing where I fill a page, but I made the page large And I wanted to do big motions. And so I I picked bigger brushes. I used inks, um, little acrylic inks. And so I would spray inks on the page or I would start with with a little palette that I put a little bit of um, squirt some ink into. And then I would brush it onto the page timed using a song that I know where I'm at in the two minutes because of the song, right? Mm -hmm. And all that stuff added up to I was creating output that I wanted to create that, <laughs> like I was trying to fully make some interesting work in that time. And sometimes wandered toward that other times it was just filling the space. And also, so it felt like I know it wasn't as meditative. It was intense because <laughs> I was making these big motions to fill this page. And it was like a fast, intense workout I felt great and energized after it, but like it, so there's all these things where I like, I had assumptions and it went different and I like how it went. <laughs> and so I, I was arguing with myself when I was reflecting on this saying like, well, didn't I just sort of break the rules and all that? And I'm like, well, maybe that's just the point is that the two minutes is affordable and it's a <laughs> space to go play with. Yeah. whatever happens you don't have to walk away from play saying like well that was worthless excellent or <laughs> that was you know this will only uh have out benefits in a year from now Uh that's excellent but if it's like oh phew, wait this actually looks all right ah boo i don't want to discourage that right. so anyway that was my wrestling with the two minutes
2: well i think that if if your worry is that uh Making something that you're going to use later adds a stress to it that takes away from it. The stress of worrying that the thing you make might come back is probably taking more away from it than a possibility of using it later. Yeah. Uh,
1: that's an excellent way to put it. And I would, well, that's exactly what I was wrestling with. <laughs>
0: I mean, in, in, for further context, I mean, I'm bringing some personal baggage to this in that Rob, I think, very accurately pointed out last week that I have a habit of trying to hack creative challenges to make a pro- use it as product development. And so I've always got my eye on how is this something that I can help create signal for future projects that I want to get attention for? Um, And also, can I have something that's shippable that I can package up? Like, so last October, I did a, in 31 days, I put together a pitch for a graphic novel, right? Um, I'm always doing that. So it was like, okay, well, let's step away from that altogether, right? Like, let's give myself a constraint where I'm really not trying to make anything shareable. And instead, so if you want to talk about reflecting on last week's uh, practices is that it was... I encountered resistance where I rolled my eyes that, oh, that's right, I got to do that two-minute thing today. you know. And then I did it, and I was like, okay, that was actually pretty good to have a purposeful pause in my day to stop and just move a pencil without any agenda. That felt, as, as somebody who doesn't get to sketch nearly as much as he would like to, um, it was, I found that to be very valuable. Um, however, if, we, if we're choosing a, a two-minute practice for this next week, I would like to go, I was looking through the list of things that you were collecting in the discord and I was like, you know what? Drawing like a doodling, a D and D creature once a day for two minutes sounds actually pretty fun. And like, what can I do in two <laughs> minutes that would actually be like worth showing anybody? Um, that sounds, that sounds like a fun challenge to me.
1: Oh, right. I love it. That sounds like an awesome next uh two minute practice. Um, and no pressure uh, what are what are your reactions to this? Do we sound like we're we're on to something that that will lead somewhere to toward benefit for us, or what do you think or is this yeah, just I kind think of a silly hobby
2: well, I think being open to uh to things coming of it is gonna make it but like I think if you go if you go into it being like i'm gonna make a thing for this, it's gonna you know ruin what you're trying to do, but if you used to be like I'm going to try a thing out. Let's see what happens. Maybe it'll, something, the whole idea of practicing is to lead up to something later. So let, let it happen. Um, like, you know, I, I've never done that. I've listened about the two minute challenges. I've never done one, but like I've done many, many, uh, thing, uh, like the, you know, like I talked on previous shows about me doing the 168 hour comic, which is a lot longer than two minutes. <laughs> but like, that was, that, that was the thing that I set out to like, I'm just going to make a thing. I don't, I don't know if it's going to be good. I don't know if people are going to eat it. Um, but then, like, uh, one of the characters I created in doing that is now the subject of a TV adaptation uh, in the works. So, um, like, you never know what's going to come of something. If you block off the possibility of it, you're, you know, that's just going to add. The add back in the same stress that you're trying to get rid of. So just <laughs> do stuff and let it happen. One I would like to suggest you add that I like to do is um, within two minutes, find someone to say something nice to online or in real life. Uh, that's a good one. Find a piece of art to reply to find a, uh, you know, anything.
0: That is, that is excellent. And that that's is a practice. A great one.
1: That's a great one. I have to have to admit, I've done more than one every day before, <laughs> <laughs> so I might try to do a couple. It uh, because two minutes is so affordable. That's the great thing, is uh, is is it's it's fun to do sometimes a couple of times because I I know that it's so easy to waste two minutes that uh, just to use it purposefully it's it's kind of easy it would be there you know uh it would be also easy to go too far that direction but but just a little bit like uh, also pretty affordable
0: question question for both of you starting with ryan do you have any advice on creating any kind of like informal rubric for how do you find something nice to say about somebody or their work? What are you what do you look for as qualities that like that's the signal that I need to boost on that person?
2: <clears throat> um, I mean, I I think that the the best thing is to just do it naturally, not seek out like and so like I, I was just thinking about as you're talking, like that's it'd be a hard one to, to do on your show because then like if you say if you go out and say nice things to people and they listen to your show and like, yeah, I did a challenge where I had to say nice <laughs> things to people. And they would be like, Oh gee, thanks guys. But, but, but if you, <laughs> but, Darn it. But if, you uh, if you, if you, I just genuinely, myself
1: to this in, in, in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. That, that, that'll go. That's great context.
2: Yeah. But, it, but if you, if you just hmm. like, not like in this two minutes, I have to find something and like, I, what am I going to say? But just like be open to the possibility of like if I see something that affects me, I'll genuinely respond to it is you know it's it's not the practice isn't in how do I say nice things it's in like how do i when i when I feel the need to say something, I don't just keep scrolling, I say what I want to say because mm. we all see things we want to respond to and just do what you what you naturally think of doing, but like it feels a little weird
0: it's an atten- it's it's being attentive to the moment thing rather than like planning time to do that thing.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, if if you do within two minutes, you can be like, let's scroll for two minutes and you know, you're going to see something you want to respond to. Someone's going to post some art that, that is great. You know,
1: what I like about this is that, I mean, so there it's, it's almost like I get the urge to hit the like button easily within two minutes. And then sometimes I think where my brain goes though, is that, this is inspiring. I want to write an article about it. This, I I want to, and I think like, and I can't possibly reply to it unless I go do a pile of homework or unless mm-hmm. I dig deeper into the topic and I don't want to come off and, half hearted or half informed or what have you, but there's probably a way to keep it at a genuine, um, um, attentive awareness and conversational type of reply, as opposed to something that's, you know, some deep, creative research thing or mm-hmm. you know science project yeah it doesn't, it doesn't need to, to like project
2: the the difference between clicking the like button and saying i love that pose is just a huge huge difference like it you know it, it it's someone speaking out about something someone did and it just it means so much to say even just i love that pose it's as simple as that or yeah. that hair looks great
1: you know mm-hmm well, cool. That's awesome. So if you, uh, if you wanted to you know, pick your own two-minute practices, it's great to just, uh, you don't have to do the same one for seven days in a row, but one approach we, we think of is to uh, pick a practice, then uh, pick a way to time yourself. That's, that's going to work. Give it a try and decide if this is the one you're going to continue with mm. and then try to stick with it for a few days and yep. before you pick another one to try.
0: And then in, if you feel like it, share your experience and results in the, uh, lean into our discord in the, the challenges quest channel. And we'll be glad to talk about it with you, Ryan. Thank you so much for doing this show with us and staying up late. Um, I hope, uh, I hope anybody listening will check out the band book club, which you can find on indiebound.org. You can find it at Ryan um, you're going you've been doing a tour for this, right?
2: Uh, yeah, well, I've been doing a digital tour where I'm trying to go to visit as many uh libraries because I live in South Korea. So, mm. we did fly out for a couple of events, but uh it's, you know, a little bit of a of a trip to do a uh, physical tour. So, we're just we've been uh doing Skype visits with libraries and podcasts and classrooms if anybody wants uh any Teachers or librarians wanna to talk to uh, me or Jensuk, um, let me know and uh hopefully. How can they Book reach up to is, you?
1: Would that be uh, like a tweet or how, how um, can they reach out well, to
2: you? My email is Ryan at Ryanestrada com or just go to Ryanestrada.com, there's a little button there. Or I'm at Ryan Estrada on Twitter, anywhere you find me, message me. Um, I'm happy to to talk to anybody and uh, band book club is available literally everywhere. You can get books. I, I, I tend to send people to Indie bound just because uh, I like indie bookstores and part of the book is about how indie bookstores helped the, the uh, revolution there. It's also on all the giant evil conglomerates. I just don't link to them as much because <laughs> they don't need my help. <laughs>
0: That's right. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I think we did a podcast. So thank you once again, Ryan. Uh, we record the show usually on Thursdays. Lately, it's had to be on Wednesdays because of my goofy schedule. Uh, we record around noon Eastern time. We stream it live on twitch.tv slash and then collect it as a podcast at patreon.com slash LenaToart and Um Until next time, I have been Jersey Drozd of LenaToart.com and Jersey Drozd on Instagram.
1: And I've been Rob Stenzinger, also of leanintoart.com. And I'm Rob Stenzinger, places like Instagram. Okay, bye. Show notes for this episode can be found at leanintoart.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at the user leanintoart. And you can reach us via email at leanintoart at gmail.com. And remember... Leaners aren't weaners. Thanks for listening.